yeah, I don't know. I think that this is, I don't know exactly what we talked about, but I feel like we talked about a lot of stuff here that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Components. People need to have them. They need to make decisions about how they're going to componentize and to what degree they're going to componentize and what the, what yeah. the business can tolerate, you know, in terms of strictness and conformity. And if they're just starting on their journey towards structured content, um, it's like going bowling with your kids and they, they put the bumpers up in the in the gutters so that your kids can't throw gutter balls. Um, you need to have some version of that for componentization as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And I think the other thing to say is that, you know, as people move down this this journey, there needs to be strong leadership. And the only way that strong leadership is able to maintain, you know, through the challenges that come with, you know, modern digital transformation as it relates to content is by having a really good focus on the business goals, right? Like, you know, we want to be able to produce these kinds of experiences. Like we want to be able to reduce the cognitive overhead for our customers by personalizing. Um, we want to be able to ensure that, you know, we're not rewriting internal content. Um, you know, we're not, we, want, we want to be sure that we're not releasing things that are sensitive. Um, we want to be able to get the benefits the efficiency benefits of um, of reuse and like I just think that like keeping keeping a good eye on the business goals is really critical because almost every structured content implementation successful or struggling or whatever it may be will reach a point where somebody just wants to go back to InDesign and the reality is that you have to make sure that everybody recognizes the business goals because at the end of the day, like InDesign's pretty. Well, and maybe we can just, you know, say a small word about measurement. Um, because one of the things that's important about componentization is it's usually an entry point for better performance measurement down at the atomic level of your content assets. And mm -hmm. in my, you know, limited though long <laughs> running experience, um with clients and componentization, when they get the ability to measure content ROI down to that level, some really great doors get opened inside the business in terms of trust. But also it's like that, as you say, the, the adherence to the business goals, um, but being able to light it up and say, we can actually see user progression now through these components mm -hmm. and, and we're able to to, to carry through this amount of business benefit, that's transformative because in unstructured, unstructured content production regimes, you simply do not have great um, view into measurement. And that has been one of the banes of, of, of sort of content marketing, um, but certainly other content disciplines is uh, sometimes the historical challenges with respect to performance measurement. Does this matter? Right. Yeah, I think that's an abs that's that's a great a great point in that like especially when you're building composite experiences um so you know you have like primary experience and then there's a sub content uh, content experience inside of it. Um and that can be like a website and it can be your tiles, right? You change your tiles out. Um that when you're thinking about the impacts of being able to actually measure at the 
component level, the tile or whatever the, you know, the, the sub content experiences, that's huge. Um, and I think that like that, that paradigm works really well in that. It also works really well in your ability to measure um, people's interaction with your content, like in an application, right? So somebody opens up, you know, context sensitive help. If you're not using a dynamic delivery of that help, if you're not set up in such a way where that help is built in a componentized API backed system, you can't measure how often it's used. So, you know, if you go and you, you deploy this stuff or you don't deploy this stuff, it's probably worse. You, you can't correlate that to any of the other events in the business. Like, mm -hmm. you know, does this improve your, your customer experience score? Does this reduce your support cost? You know, does this increase your upsell? You know, are people made aware of these things um, so that they can go and they can interact with it? So I think that the, the concept that measurement is often less left behind and people need to think about that more is a really important point. I had a client mention to me the other day, um, Jeff, it started like you build grocery stores and I was scratching my head. I'm like, uh, thanks, maybe. Um, and he expanded that to say, well, you know, the merchandising of what goes on the end caps and the flow through the store and what's on a shelf versus, you know, up above and, and down below. And you've got certain the stores partitioned. Um, mm -hmm. And it's true. There's a whole there's a whole rich literature of how you organize a grocery store. And I think we need that for our digital places. And we're building that people are doing it. Um, but we need to sort of visualize that grammar and, and those parameters to deliver those better components um, for, for everyone. Yeah. And I think the other thing that kind of is in, an interesting aspect of like the grocery store analogy is that, you know, modern grocery stores will move their products around um, really frequently to basically test to see if people buy them. Right. Yeah. Like every time I walk into Wegmans, I don't know if any of you guys have Wegmans. Wegmans is great. Um, the, um, are they this week's sponsor? Huh, maybe we'll call them up afterwards and be like, you don't want us to cut your name out of this podcast. You better give us money. Um, they certainly could. They've got enough of it. Um, anyway, Wegmans, they change things around. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, they're very, very adept at like repositioning merchandise to test to see if you're going to pick it up and to see how it performs. Um, and they, they have metrics because like they encourage you to use your shoppers club um, to track like what you purchased and like all this kind of stuff. And they also get cameras everywhere. And I know for a fact that they're analyzing that data to see how people move through the stores. And like one of the big innovations that um, helped Wegmans become this like breakaway success was that they just figured out how to lay their stores out better. And this had, this happened like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but Wegmans is this huge, like it, Rochester actually, but upstate New York success story. Um, or like when they open a new store, because they've been like creeping out over the country, like people are like, Wegmans is finally here. Like it's like, it's this really big deal, especially if you're in the Northeast. Um, but it's like, you used to walk into a store, like you used to walk into like a Tops. Tops was the other thing that was here. And you'd, you'd walk in and you'd walk into like the cash registers and like some like, like aisles, right? Well, you walk into a Wegmans and you walk into like the produce section and they have the freshest stuff sitting right in front of you. And like, it's just, it's like, it's a completely different experience. Like it's, and on your way in, they positioned like seasonal flowers or 
things for the game if it's a Sunday. So like every Sunday it becomes like, you know, Bill's yeah. Mafia, like all your all the way in. Right. So they reposition all of these things based on the environment, based on the customer experience that they want at that point in time. And they they personalize it to, you know, where they are too. So like, you know, as much as they're 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 from Rochester, they sure as heck aren't putting Bill's Mafia stuff in their New York City location, right? Um, so I think in a lot of ways, the grocery store analogy is actually a really appropriate one. Well, and you know, they've got the data, right? They've got totally. loyalty programs. They've got 360. They've got digital uh, and curbside and home delivery. So I, I often say this to, to my clients. It's like, if you want to look at the macro scale of what's happening with digital transformation, go visit your local McDonald's, go visit your local Starbucks. And those, while those are business to consumer propositions and very different for business to business, what you're seeing is the terraforming of all the physical space into digital exchanges and digi digital sort of interactions um, that have trust and data at the core of them. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to appreciate. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, it can be fun to hear two content nerds talking about this stuff and the semantics, but it's really happening. You know, and uh, it's going to happen whether you want it to or not in your business. That's true. Or it, it won't happen and your business will be very left behind. Yeah. Content rules, but it can be a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.